Good morning, Eugene. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Kind of tired. Had a long week. Hmm. Tell me more. Well, I was thinking about kind of like traditional dating and like being back in Manhattan. It's uh, it's pretty clear that like people are back and going to restaurants and stuff. And like I see a lot of like couples on dates. And it is always interesting for me, maybe a bit of a side tangent, but I always like considered restaurants to be very low margin businesses where they probably couldn't afford to take like a 10, 20% hit in like revenue. So now I see a lot of you know, restaurants packed and it seems nice. But then thinking about traditional dating where you're like looking for like a spouse or like a long-term partner. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if that's going to change not only with COVID, but with this like, you know, progressive wave sort of coming over where, you know, maybe you like the guy doesn't have to pay for meals and you like split it. And I, like, maybe I wasn't raised that way, but that seems, it seems like it wouldn't make me feel good. What exactly? Not paying or splitting? I feel like if I went on a date and it felt, you know, good and then we split it, I would almost take it as like a signal that the date didn't go well. Kind of like where like someone leaves something at your place to have an excuse to go back later. These like (laughs) traditional sort of signals where, yeah. Obviously, you know that that person didn't leave a thing there on like by accident. They just like want a reason to talk to you again. And I think there is a like a real difference between like a signal to like the other person. Hey, this went well, as opposed to look, this isn't going well. How do you like gently acknowledge that it's not good? And I feel like if I if I had someone say, "Hey, I'll pay for this," or let's split it. I would, I would take that as a a signal that it's not going well, but maybe that's like an outdated model of thinking. Um, maybe Uh, I actually never thought of it that way in the sense that, um, I, you know, I was raised in a very different society. So for, for where I was raised, it's weird when you have to split the, stuff. I mean, now, you know, with, uh, with women, um, at least on, you know, by law and on paper having, let's say equal rights and equal status, I guess, I'm not sure how to phrase it properly, but, um, more women think that they want to do that for me. Um, I'm like, definitely want, you know, more into having your own money and things like that, but, it feels nice to be taken care of. So, um, and I've never thought of it that in a way that <clears throat> when the date doesn't go well, you split it. When the date does, then, then the guy pays. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. Well, I'm not sure if it's like a perspective as opposed to like my experience and, you know, anecdotal data, but <laughs> it is interesting. And also when, 
like how, how do you like condition that out? And I think a lot of people don't like talking about you know relationships and like when you're in a when you're on a date, I don't think that a lot of people like talking about the date. They just want to like be in the moment and not think too hard about it. But I'm not like that. Like I love talking about the situation that we're currently in and like try to process it semi real time. Hmm. So Interesting. I don't like I don't I don't know how dating and I guess just like people interactions kind of go. Even when I go out with coworkers, a lot of times one person pays and we sort of like agree that we'll take turns paying later. But I also never like had a situation where someone like maliciously doesn't like a lot of times there's someone in the group that's, I don't know, maybe like a junior person on the team. And I've never been in a situation where they like weren't covered or if someone's like joining the company or leaving the company, that special person never has to pay. But I don't think it's about money. I think it's like a, I think people use paying for meals as like a signal more than like the actual, I don't know, 50 bucks at yeah. like a nice place. I agree. So I don't I know. I was thinking so, about that a lot. It's an interesting perspective. So you're the type of person who at a, at a, at an event talk about the event yeah the the whole like meta talk it it's very interesting <laughs> but it also helps me like process what's happening because if i just go through like an evening and we never talk about it after i'm sort of left by myself thinking about what went right and what didn't not that it matters like it's already over it's fine but my brain specifically spends a lot of time thinking about how did that go? What does that mean? And a lot of times it's nothing. But if I have these you know, concerns or questions, why not just ask the person? You yeah, know, and like have sure. a conversation? Sure, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, that's... Um, it's more, I guess, um, open. Not open. That's not the word I was looking for. More like... Um, and direct is also not the right word. I mean, it is direct, it is open, but at the same time, it's not It's not about that. It's more about acknowledging where you are at the moment and whether or not it makes sense to um, change something, move forward, I don't know, whatever, right? So, Yeah, like romance in general seems to be kind of heavy on the mysterious, don't show all your cards side. And... I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. Why can't we like be adults and talk about a thing? And a lot of times that's also not fair for the other person. Like some people process things differently and they need like a week to, you know, figure out what happened and then how they feel about it. I think that's where back, <laughs> back to dating where like, if you have a date, like wait a couple days to message them because some people just need like a day or two to like process and contextualize like what happened. And, like, maybe asking real-time isn't, like, appropriate. But then again, um, I seek out people that, like, want to talk about what's happening. Okay. Even if it's not right. Hmm. I, think that's, okay, so. I think that's the uh, caveat. We're like, yeah, of course, you can talk about anything, but, like, 
don't take these discussions too seriously. I guess. Um, I mean, I agree that, um, that, well, first of all, it depends on, on each individual person, right? So for some, like you said, it's going to work for some, it won't. Um, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with either, either or, right? Right. And if, I mean, the first thing I guess you have to realize, like, do the person, does the person that you're meeting with have like good intentions or are they trying to have some other like hidden agenda? And it doesn't always have to be bad. It's okay to like date to find a long-term relationship and get married. I think it's also okay to date just for like a night out. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But if you don't, if you don't talk about it and it's sort of taboo to talk about it, that's where you get into situations where, you know, it's been a couple months. What, like what's happening. And it's usually the person with like more expectations that expects the other person to change. And like, I think it's fine. It's just interesting how people interact and sort of figure it out. But it does it does cause a lot of drama, I think, when you have two people sort of actively not talking about <sighs> what they're doing. They're like, yeah, just like, let's keep it in the moment, man. And <laughs> like, I, I don't know. My brain doesn't work like that. And I want to make sure that everyone's on the same page sort of verbally. So, Eugene, tell me about, like... What is what does besides you know not talking about this besides this this uh, thing that we started with? What does dating look like now in the modern modern and um, millennial days? Let's put it this way. <laughs> I think it. I think it depends on the. I don't want to say maturity level, but it has to do with like the past experiences of the the people involved. So yeah, if this is your first like couple dates, you you sort of model like how you act and what you expect on like what your parents did, what you saw your friends do. And I think the more you like sort of experience it yourself and make it your own, it'll it'll change. And then like you can tell stories to your friends and family or whatever about what you're doing, and it'll all seem what I think strange because it's just unfamiliar because everyone has like a very different experience. So, like, I think the more people you can talk to, you'll get a lot of different perspectives. But I think it is different if you like, you know, go out on like five dates and like see what happens. I feel like a lot of times it's kind of boring. Like you don't you don't get the crazy fun stories. <laughs> from going on like one date because you don't even know what's normal. So I feel like you need to go on like 20 dates and then you can be like, okay, out of these 20, this one was weird. And then like, that's the story that you tell. But I feel like a lot of times things are sort of very boring. You like go to a restaurant, you you eat, and then you're like, all right, say later. And then And then you don't. <laughs> Um, you know, it's interesting. So I just finished, I mean, I'm a learning junkie and I learn all the time. 
regardless of what it is, um, this specific thing that I was learning, um, I feel that it's going to help me in different, different ways, different things. And so I was actually, I took a course, not a course, but uh, like a certification program, not just like a course, um, for a life coaching. And, uh, I had a very different, um, uh, understanding of what that really means. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just, so I just finished, I got certified level one, um, this week and then I'm going to get my second level done in July. And so what's interesting is that, um, when, you know, and the, obviously the person who was, um, teaching, um, is a life coach. And I just, um, it, I've had a really interesting perspective, uh, when he, when he talks and, you know, his whole demeanor and his whole personality was very, tell me more style. And, uh, I really like that actually. And, um, I think that the, you can summarize life coaching. Um, well, you can't really summarize it in one sentence, but you can, you could kind of sum it up to, um, its main point or its main premise being as a coach or even as a person. And I think the reason I'm bringing it up is I think that there's a relevance to that as a person. It's a lot more rewarding, um, to be interested versus interesting. So when you, uh, when you talk to, to somebody else, when you talk to another person and, um, all you do is ask questions. That's really what a life coach does. It's not their solution to your problem. It's them helping you take that or pull that out of you, um, by asking the right questions. And by the way, I think that everyone should go through life coaching. Um, it's something that um, can be done for, you know, for whatever number of months and, and that's it. Then you kind of have the skills to do it on your own. Um, so anyway, so like I found what you, what you, what you just mentioned, like you go to a restaurant, um, you sit and then you're like, see you later. You know, you talk, you have a conversation. What do you normally talk about? I mean, like first dates are sort of all like kind of generic. You don't want to ask too many questions because a lot of people get overwhelmed. So like I remember in high school, um, like a lot of the girls, I mean, also guys, if you ask them like three, four, five questions, they get overwhelmed. They feel like they're being quizzed and you don't want to do that, especially if they're like, you know, quote unquote, interesting questions where there's no like answer or you're like trying to, I feel like this is exactly where the intentions come in. If you ask a question with good intentions and that's correctly portrayed and like, it feels good, you know, fine. I think, I think most people are happy to answer, you know, basic questions, but once you hit like a sore spot or something sensitive or something that isn't like clear, or maybe it's like a developing situation. Like, oh, how was work last week? Might come off fine, but like, what if you don't have a job? What if you are going through a weird transition where you're like changing roles? And the person asking a question kind of innocently is like, hey, how, how are you doing? And they're like, I don't think you want to know. Like, on the one hand, that's a weird sort of interaction. You're like, oh, 
sorry. Uh, what do you think about this wine? <laughs> but <laughs> I, I see, I see what you mean, and it's um, you're right. And here's the thing: you can never, you can never really um, know for sure when you're asking a question. And there's nothing wrong with that. Meaning, like, you know, if you ask the wrong question, it's okay. It's you know, you apologize and move on. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, people are sensitive to different things, but if we don't try, if we don't take a chance, I feel like we, um, like, what's the point of even meeting someone? <laughs> right, and and this is where I think that my opinion on dating has changed. Where before I always I always thought about it as a way to find like a long term partner, but. Like I sort of expected it to be, you know, kind of quick because you know people can get used to anything. Most people are, we're still all very similar, even if we like have different upbringings and everything. So I never, I never thought about like good fits or how people get along like long term. But I, I also think it's fine to like go on, you know, dates or events with friends not really not really expecting anything but kind of just seeing what happens because like you don't know and i've been trying really hard to sort of like convince my brain that it doesn't know the future and just because i can think of 20 different scenarios of like some crazy thing that can happen i i feel like most people's lives mine especially it's very boring. Like a lot of crazy movie stuff doesn't happen and it's all very bland. But you can make up for this by just going on like a ton of interactions. So Absolutely. if I go on 10 dates, honestly, I don't think anything's going to happen. It'll be pretty boring. No stories. Assuming that stories is like the output of <laughs> these dates. So if you're looking for stories, you. I feel like you have to do like a numbers game where you're just going on and meeting a lot of people. And then through, I think, quantity, you will get quality. (laughs) And the quality is sort of up for you to decide. So if you want stories or you want a long-term relationship or you want someone that you can, you know, vibe with or have a, like a common interest, like maybe you like going to bars or movies or whatever. I still think that the, the, like the easy answer is just go on a lot of dates. And that feels bad because, (laughs) you know, at some point you're going to be like, look, you know, this wasn't for me, or maybe you like it and the person won't be on the same page. And it leads to a lot of like uncomfortable situations but I, I think it's fine. I think that's how you learn, and you do need to like know how to deal with people. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing so there's nothing wrong with um, just going on dates without having a goal of finding a long term relationship out of that. Because at least in my experience, not with dating, but with everything else, when you are actively agonizing about something it takes a long while usually to get that. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's at least my, my experience. So like when you agonize about having 
a relationship, it actually takes longer to get that. Yeah. And like, again, like I, I try to have this mentality of sort of not, not like honesty, but like having good intentions where you're like clear about what you want, but also just, I feel like you have to do a lot of training with anything with like, if you want to be a professional, if you want to, you know, get better at an instrument, get, you know, better dates. I think you really just need to like have that experience yourself. And that feels wrong. Cause I always learned that, you know, why learn off your own mistakes when you can learn off of others by like reading or hearing stories. But sure. <laughs> I feel like it's very different. And the experiences that like, you'll end up having and someone else will end up having will be, you know, different depending on, you know, where you are in life, how you're feeling, even like your mood when you wake up. I'm sure I've met some people that if we met even like an hour or two, like different, it would have been an entirely different interaction. Hmm. So I don't think that's bad. Like I don't, I don't have any like weird regrets of like, oh, if I if I just asked this person out an hour later, you know, things could have gotten differently. I think I don't want to say that things happen for a reason, but you can sort of take that mentality and run with it. Like whatever happened, happened, and I feel like brute forcing a lot of things in life, learning and people relationships, you just I feel like you just everyone in general needs more experience, but also to keep an open mind and sort of have good intentions, like do no harm. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I agree. I think that's a good approach actually. Um, and plus, you know, um, I do, I, th- I think actually, to be honest with you, I think that you could probably make an interesting life coach or even just having that training could open up a whole new world of opportunities for you when you go on dates or just meet, you know, hanging out with, with people at work or whatever. Um, because your, your mind is curious. And when you ask a question, all of a sudden it's, it's a different conversation. And I think that that's, like I said, I think that everyone should do coaching, life coaching for themselves. It's, it's really eye opening in many ways, but um, for you to actually get trained and and learn how to how to do that, um, what I think would be super beneficial, and we we could get a lot of good stories out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so, like, um, you know, there was a there was a, a we had a couple of coaching sessions where we coached each other, and I thought coaching is about telling you what to do, but it actually isn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, which is very interesting and very hard to do for someone like me. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life. I know a lot of things and advisory has been, you know, my business. So, um, I, I mean, I think that based, just based on what you've described, I think it would be really a good application in the dating world. Uh, but anyway, so we were coaching each other and like, um, there were a couple of people. So like they would put us in groups and, and give us some guidelines. Okay. So what, what do you say? What do you, um, how do you do this? And so, um, there are a couple of great tools for, for, you know, coaching. And one of them is reflecting it back to the person. 
when you reflect someone someone back to them, um, it opens their eyes often. They don't realize that they didn't realize that they were using those words to describe things. And when people use certain words to describe things, it usually is very reflective of where they are in life and mentally and kind of what they're struggling with and because they adopt uh, a certain vocabulary for, you know, for that. And so there was this woman um, that I coached um, that she said that she was um, struggling with um, really, she was, she was not coming back to art as much as she wanted to be. She wasn't um, building relationships, not with, you know, with, love relationships, but like, um, relationships with people as much. And she brought up this word failure. And so I asked her, I said, tell me more about (laughs) how failure makes you feel. And so she, she was talking about things like not good enough. And so I think that when you start asking questions, reflecting back to what a person's trying to say, looking beyond kind of between the lines um, or something to that nature, it opens up a lot of interesting, deep things within, with, within the other person. And I think that in dating, that can actually give you an insight into the other person person's soul, not the facade that they're putting out there for you to, to see. Um, pretty quickly, I, I think. think that's also bad. <laughs> so, like, I like I have a psych minor, and I think a lot about sort of psychology and therapy and stuff. And a very common technique of communication, really, is if someone tells you something, sort of say it back to them in their own words. And a lot of times, what you say back to them, they'll be like, "No, it's not what I meant," and then they'll repeat it. <laughs> And you can go back and forth like this for quite some time. And very quickly, the person gets frustrated, especially if they've ever had any sort of therapy or like coaching or anything. Like people smell like techniques and if they're like being handled. And I found that this is very useful in like a therapy situation where I say something, the therapist says it back to me. And I'm like, nope, that's not what I meant. This is what this is a different way of saying it. And you kind of go back and forth like this till, like the person says it back to you correctly because people use different vocabulary to mean different things. But I would super not recommend using like techniques on at least first dates. Cause, <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> people smell them, and if you get if you get someone that doesn't like it, like maybe they had a bad therapy experience, maybe they had parents that were a little too into like forcing you into a certain role when people feel like they're being handled especially on the first dates where they don't know you they don't like they don't believe that you have good intentions they're just trying to figure out like who you are i i wouldn't recommend using any techniques for anything and just sort of sort of wing it and i'm not saying it'll bring good results I, I just think that the the negative interaction or the negative reaction that someone can have from, you know, being questioned about things or this parroting technique. I, I've had some bad, like, situations where 
I was like, oh no, I'm not trying to handle you. I'm just, I'm just trying to be nice. And they're like, you're just like my therapist. And <laughs> I would almost take that as a compliment, but like, no, like some, some people have different like views. Maybe they were forced into therapy. Maybe they were forced into some sort of coaching. And if you start using similar techniques on like your downtime where you're supposed to just, you know, go out for dinner and have like a glass of wine or two and just, you know, maybe see a movie or something. You don't, you don't want to be in a therapy session. It's so it's not a therapy. It's more like it doesn't have to be a technique. It's, it's actually genuine, genuine interest in the other person. When you say, tell me more, you know, what does that mean to you? And you actually know what this person is about more than when you just talk about work or a book they read or whatever. Um, that's much more deeper connection right away, as opposed to going on five dates and finding out the person is completely, you know, on a different level from you and something, someone that you don't want to have anything um, to do with. And, and it, it's, it could be a mirror transaction in a sense that the other person could do the same. I think that that would create more deep conversations and, you're not doing that to help them figure something out. You're doing it to learn more about them, who they are as a person, what's their soul like and see if you like that. soul. right. Like what I, what I try to do is remember I have a, this like line that I repeat to myself and it's, you know, <laughs> seek first to understand it's before you judge anyone, just, you know, don't and, you know, try to understand them without the context of your experience. Just, let them be and kind of observe. But also I found that people don't like this, but I think there's a lot of people and not everyone likes each other. And yeah, you could have a good first date and a bad fifth date or backwards. You can have a couple bad dates and all of a sudden kind of click and then it's fine. But, I guess. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you have a bad first date, you probably won't have the second one. So. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But given enough interactions, you'll have all sorts of weird experiences and all sorts of boring experiences. And I'm not, I'm not sure that I can recommend like meeting people in mass or like meeting many people one-on-one -on -one frequently. Cause it is very stressful, at least for me. But I don't know. Sometimes it's nice going out to eat. Sometimes it's nice getting yourself into a weird situation. You're like, okay, how do I get out of this? <laughs> Help. Well, you should have a buddy that you, you know, can call you like 20 minutes into the date and say, listen, something happened, come. And, <laughs> oh, well, and then you can I mean, get out. For me, I just, do that all the time. Yeah. But for me, I mean, I'm always sort of poking people. And seeing where they're sensitive and mostly trying to avoid sensitive areas. But obviously, after a couple minutes, I know exactly what to say to be like, hey, this isn't going well. And then you say something and they're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for this, but you can go. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, let's talk about a different angle of that next week. Yep. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. See you.